0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: Tuesday, it's another episode of the Out of Sight Podcast of the Liberty Ballers Network. I'm your host, Theo Royster. Chill ride, chill vibes as always. I got Harrison Grimm on the line, and I have him because the Sixers dropped a really bad game to the Toronto Raptors on Sunday night. They were up by as many as, I want to say double digits, lost by seven, horrible fourth quarter. So with the NBA trade deadline a little over a month out, uh, Harrison wrote a piece last week talking about Woj and what the Sixers might do. And then he's also got a piece coming out on Wednesday with some trade ideas. So yeah, we're we're gonna, we're going to talk we're going to talk trade deadline, Harrison. How you doing?
0: I'm doing great, man. I appreciate you having me on and I'm very excited to talk about trades, which is probably my favorite part of the NBA season. It seems like everyone likes making fantasy trades in which they get these insane players, but you know, I, I try to take a realistic uh, approach to it. And I'm really just looking forward to dissecting this topic with you.
1: The NBA is a transactional league now. And the popularity of trade machines on ESPN or, you know, my personal favorite trade uh, because it has graphics in there and I can do all kinds of fun, crazy stuff with it. It's,
0: it's so popular and
1: it's like it's almost like fantasy basketball at this point.
0: Oh, it really is. And, and the NBA has so many specific rules that that are underlined, uh, which I'm sure that we'll dive into where people are making these mock trades where the Sixers are trading like five first round picks. And in reality, they can't do that. And, you know, we'll, we'll dive into that, like I said. But it, it's just really fun. Like, can the Sixers get Bradley Beal, something that's probably unrealistic at this point. But, you know, it, it's fun to fantasize that type of thing.
1: Let me just start with this question. Sixers had that bad loss on Sunday. Uh, Brooklyn is kind of nipping at the heels a little bit. They've won six straight, but still in first place by half a game. Are you convinced?
0: Because I'm not. I'm not convinced they need to make like a huge blockbuster swing. I mean, I'm, I'm convinced that that Brooklyn is the real deal. I mean, everyone so likes I. to make fun. Everyone likes to make fun of that team and they're like, oh, this is like the same as washed up Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett. No, 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 that's not the case. You got James Harden, Kevin Durant that's playing like he was never hurt. Uh, James Harden, obviously, they're the real deal. Now, do the Sixers need to go out this trade deadline and and blow all their their assets out in a trade for someone like Kyle Lowry? You know, it's, it's really tough to say. Uh, I'm kind of in the camp that I would like to see the Sixers trade for someone like Nemanja Blitza, a really good stretch five, and, and maybe another guard just because Tyrese Max, he's still coming into his own. I, yeah. I think he needs at least another year before he's a serious rotation guy. I think that if you add someone like a George Hill, Nemanja Blitza, this team suddenly becomes very good. Now, how they go about that, there's many different ways. But if you look at the starting five, I'm talking about Simmons, Curry, Green, Harris, and Bede. You know, this is a really good team. Uh, The the losses have mainly uh, come from the lack of bench depth and consistency in terms of scoring. And also defensively, they kind of slipped a little bit. But they definitely just need some reliable scoring options off the bench. And, agreed. you know, I I would like the, the Sixers to kind of hold off on blowing their assets until something real is available because let's face it it's only a matter of time before the next star or superstar demands a trade and you want you want to position the franchise not just this season for success but for coming seasons. We're seeing we're seeing Ben Simmons take another step in his game which has been really cool to see. Joel has obviously been an MVP front runner and the Sixers are really going to be competitive for the next two or three seasons. So Daryl Morey has a tough task of improving the roster, both in the short term, but also looking at things in the long term. You want to set yourself up for long term success.
1: Sooner or later, De'Aaron Fox is going to want out of Sacramento and I'm all for it. I'm all for it. No, I'm kidding. Just kidding is a joke. It's not come at me in, the, in my Twitter mentions that like a deal Royster wanted to trade for De'Aaron Fox. No, I'm not. It was a joke. Calm down, y'all. Um, but in terms of blockbusters, I don't think Beal happens. I, I really don't like that, that train, that train has pulled away from the station that that that's gone.
0: Yeah. I, I have to agree with you. There's been no evidence to support otherwise that he wants out of Washington. In fact, there's way more evidence to support that he wants to remain there. He, w- he was upset at all the reports that were coming out about like rumors about him being traded. Um, it seems like he wants to stay put there despite team record. And, you know, part of me, respects that we don't see that happen very often. I respect uh, it. Yeah, the the other case of that would be Damian Lillard. Obviously his team is a lot better than the Washington Wizards. Uh and then another part of me wants to see him go to a contending team because we're talking about a guy that has turned into you know a top five scorer in this league. He's leading the league actually in scoring this season. Uh so I'm I'm kind of torn on that. But yeah I, I agree with you. I don't think that the Wizards are going to move Beal Uh, at this trade deadline and I'm not a hundred percent
1: sold on the idea that Zach Levine is really going to be going like the Bulls are only a game out of the eight seed and knowing Chicago I I could see them just like staying on that treadmill of
0: mediocrity and just saying, you know we're going to ride this out like we're fine Yeah, or you have to look at Zach Levine's contract situation. He still has another year in his contract. The Bulls have no reason to rush a trade um, within the next month or so, in my mind. Um, And and even if Zach is like, listen, I don't forget what you guys did to me in my restricted free agency where they made him hunt for an offer sheet. I'm going to leave this offseason. The Bulls have no reason to rush a deal in the next month Uh because you're talking about... Zach Levine, who's become this 27, 28 point per game guy, elite scorer. You're going to have many teams, not just the Sixers, but you're probably going to have every team in the league calling and, and, and seeing what the Bulls might want. So the bidding price is going to be driven up. The Bulls have no reason to rush an offer in my mind.
1: That being said, I'm, we're probably looking, if we're doing blockbusters, it's probably something like blockbuster adjacent, if you want to call Buddy Heeled
0: blockbuster. Like that's blockbuster-ish, I guess. You know, it, it's tough to say. I would personally put Kyle Lowry uh, above Heald if, if we're, like, ranking trade prospects. I would, too. Um, I, I was someone that, uh, before the Sixers traded for Seth Curry, I was someone that really liked Bradley Beal just because, obviously, he's a very talented shooter. The Sixers kind of lacked that since J.J. Redick left. Obviously, they have dressed it since with Seth Curry. Um, this season has been very up and down for Buddy Heald. He, he's starting full-time again. Um, his shooting percentages are down. Um, he, he's a tough prospect to feel out. And you got to ask yourself the question, how much does Buddy Hill help this team? Yes, he gives them another shooter alongside Curry, another really talented shooter. But does he help you in, in the shot creation department? Does he help you in perimeter defense or, or playmaking?
1: I'm not so sure he's not just a shooter. He's a chucker. Like he's, he's averaging damn near 11 three point attempts a game, which is fine, but he only hits like
0: 36% of them. So I'm just like,
1: Oh, okay.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And and like, I understand the intrigue with it though, because, and this was really predominant. I thought in the Raptors game that, that you mentioned in the intro where you got guys like Seth Curry, who's obviously a very, very talented shooter, but, while he's a talented shooter, he's not a chucker. There, there was a few times where Joel was being doubled, and they would pass it out to Seth Curry, and he would kind of stop. He's someone that only takes good looks, which right. is good to an extent, but the Sixers' offense kind of needs just a mindless shooter that will shoot it immediately, and, you know, obviously, hopefully it will go in. Um, the Sixers have kind of lacked that this season.
1: Um, the other name that's like kind of blockbuster-ish, blockbuster adjacent, uh, adjacent. Sorry, um, Evan Fournier is a name that always gets tossed around around the trade deadline. Um, do you have any interest in Evan Fournier? Danny Green see- for Danny Green for Evan Fournier, straight up with just the cat, like that works, and then just fill in the blank with like graphics or whatever. But that's a one for one, like right there.
0: And I is would Fournier be an upgrade? In the regular season, I think that would definitely be the case because you're talking about someone that can get you 16, 17 points per game, obviously a very good shooter. My concerns with Fournier and trading for Fournier is it's very difficult to do so without including Danny Green. You would have to ship out a lot of guys uh, probably to multiple spots. It would have to be a complicated deal to make the salary work um, if you're trying to keep Danny Green. And I don't love a Fournier for Green swap just because you're losing a lot of perimeter defense if, in that trade. Evan Fournier is not a lockdown defender. And my concerns with Fournier, like I said, regular season, he's a very good player, pretty right. underrated. And if you look at his playoff stats, he's shooting, I believe, 36% from the field through like 12 or 14 playoff games and like 26% from three. They're just putrid stats. And you're talking about like the main goal for the Sixers team for this season and the coming seasons is to have them be a viable threat make a deep postseason run. I'm not sure if I trust Fournier to be that fourth option on on that playoff team just just due to those stats. Um, So I'm not a big fan of a Fournier swap. I feel like they can do better. And when we're talking about the Sixers, they have limited assets. There's not much that they can trade. I would rather hold them out for a different type of deal or maybe for a different type of player or a better kind of player.
1: Fournier playoffs, statistics takes six. I just looked him up. Uh, three three playoff appearances, 10.5 points per game, 35% from the field, 26% from three. Good Lord. I had no idea he was that bad in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, he's just completely disappeared in, in each of those playoff games in which uh, the Magic have appeared. And now, albeit they've only been first-round appearances, I, I I don't trust it and I don't love it. And I know Danny Green's kind of a similar type of thing where the past few postseasons, he's kind of disappeared a little bit, at least offensively. But at least Danny Green gives you perimeter defense. So I'm not loving a Green for Fournier swap, especially if you have to throw in like a first round or something. I, I just don't think it's worth it personally.
1: Personally, uh, Kyle Lowry is the name that gets thrown around the most. Toronto's won four straight, and they are – tied with Indiana in terms of hosting a playoff series, I think Toronto stays put and just maybe low-key buyers
0: at the trade deadline. I don't think they're selling Kyle Lowry. I really don't. Through the first 10 or so games, I think it was a much more realistic question. Now that Toronto's really turned things around, they're starting to get a feel for themselves. You know, it's tough to see me um, see them trading off the, their, their franchise guy, the guy that was instrumental in helping them to their first franchise title. Uh, while he is an expiring deal, I do think it's something they might look at and consider because, you know, he's an expiring deal. You have an emerging point guard in Fred Van Fleet who's had yet another amazing season locked up. You right. know, if you can get something for an expiring 30, I forget how old he is. I think he's like 34, 35, somewhere in that range. Um, I, I think that you should definitely look at it if you can get draft picks if you can get a, a decent young player I definitely think it's something you explore but I think Toronto will just run out the season with him and maybe he'll sign somewhere in the offseason who knows but I, I think at this point in time it's unlikely
1: Kyle Lowry's 34 and yeah even with Van Vliet coming on like he has this season I, I agree I just don't think they I don't think they rock the boat this season. They just let Kyle kind of play the season out. And then if he wants to do a vet minimum deal somewhere, like a Philadelphia, like an LA Lakers, like a Clippers, something like that, just to get a, a second ring, I think that's more likely.
0: Yeah, and I mean, the Sixers could offer him their $9 million mid-level exception. I think ultimately he'll probably get a deal somewhere for more than that, like maybe in the 15 to $20 million range. I think there are. Teams out there that would be willing to offer him that. Um, the, my concerns with Lowry just mainly rely about how will he age. We've seen a lot of small guards just fall off a cliff. We're we're even seeing it to an extent with Kemba Walker, who was out for the first half of the season with, with a knee injury. And, and you're He's certainly seeing it, and you're certainly seeing it with Russell
1: Westbrook. Like his numbers have been taking dips for the last couple of seasons now.
0: Oh, yeah, very true. So the, the question of how much does Lowry have in the tank for how long, you know, that arises and should the Sixers mortgage their, the rest of their draft picks that they can basically offer during the Simmons and Embiid era without trading someone significant, you know, that, that's a question that is tough to answer. And that's the one that I'm sure Daryl Morey will ponder. I remember he said a, a few years back that the Lowry trade was one of his favorite trades he's ever done. Yep. Um, You know, I I think it's something the Sixers should explore. But like I said, I would rather see them go down the route of riding out their season with with these core guys. Now, that being said, if you can get an upgrade for Danny Green, I think you should absolutely do it. But I think they should just patch up the holes, get a stretch big, get another consistent playmaker. And I think that will do vast things for the team. And I think you'll see them be even more better in which they performed, which is 20 and 11, which is a, a totally fine record. They're the first seed right now by half a game.
1: Oh, uh, I fine. just think that's,
0: yeah, I just think that's the better way to go. You mentioned
1: Bailita. Is he kind of the one, the number one target? And then P.J.
0: Tucker's like 1A? You know, it, it's tough to say because Nemanja Bailita, I believe he's 32. He's, he's he's a bit of a chucker. He's someone that can come out there and just pull up from anywhere. Um, I like Nemanja better than P.J. Tucker, even though Individually, I think P.J. Tucker is an awesome player. He's cool. I love I love what he does with shoes and everything. I love P.J. Tucker. I love P.J. <laughs> <P>. Tucker. <laughs> he's awesome. But but when you're talking about like producing from on-the-court standpoint and looking at what the Sixers got, I think Nemanja Boulica makes a lot of sense because he's someone that could play the five in small spurts. And obviously, there's some matchups where defensively he might get picked on, like in mm-hmm. the pick and roll per se. That's when you bring in Dwight Howard. And Demanja Belisa is mobile enough. He's, he's quick enough to play the four spot next to Joel Embiid or Dwight Howard. So I think that he makes a lot of sense, uh, especially if you have someone like Dwight Howard who would give you more defensively. Obviously, not not the shooter Belisa is. And when you look at PJ Tucker, he also makes a lot of sense. A uh, great defender, a uh, big body, someone that can play the five actually in small spurts can defend one through five realistically well. My concerns with him is how is he going to age? Because he's already thirty six. He's he's yeah. getting up there in age. When will the defense kind of fall off a cliff? And if you're not getting much from him defensively, uh, you're you're not getting much from him. Period. Apart from straight line drives to the rim or or corner threes, you're not you're you're not getting much in him. And you already have a guy that's. That's somewhat similar to him. Uh, obviously, I think PJ Tucker is better than M- Matisse Thiebel right now, but you got a similar player like him and Matisse Thibel. Plus, you got to consider what's going on around the league. The Lakers are, have been reported by multiple people to be pursuing PJ Tucker. So the bidding price for him is going to be high.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, I, I pulled a couple of names just off the top of my head here, and then some stuff in the comments from the post that I'm going to be referencing here. But here's some names that I had. Um, I know what I said about Zach Levine, but could I interest you in Thad Young?
0: When, when the Sixers were the, the mediocre team and even in, early in the process years, he was one of my favorite Sixers. I think Thad Young is awesome. I still have um, a Thad Young jersey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he, he, he's great. I love Thad Young. Um, I, would, I think it's something that they could explore. Do I think it's something that would solve their current problems? Probably not. I, like I said, I really think they need guys that just chuck the ball up are consistent three-point threats. And Thad Young, while he is a capable mid-range shooter and he can hit a three on occasion, that's not what he's best at. And he's someone that is really a five and a four's body. Mm. So I, I just see a lot of, you know, concerns with that. I would, I would rather them trade for someone like Nemanja Belica. I think that's the best-case scenario. Uh, in terms of a stretch big for this trade deadline.
1: Okay, here's here's another former Sixer from that show you love era. No, actually it was like right after the show you love era. Mike Muscala, could, could he be gettable? Like a, a Sixers return, perhaps. I don't, I don't think I mind Muscala too much, because he is hitting 36% from three on just over five attempts.
0: It's not terrible. It's funny that that we're talking about this now because when he was a, a Sixer and in the first, then like everyone just hated the guy. Um, <laughs> he had one great game against the Pistons, I remember, where he had like sixteen points, I think, and like four blocks. Where like he sixteen was points shots. and like six blocks or something like that, and everybody was riding the moose train. Like, what the hell is going on? Oh yeah, <laughs> it like the Muscala experience was a roller coaster that had a lot more lows than highs, but yeah. <laughs> he's yeah, someone I, I think that, you know, assuming they strike out on like Nemanja Blitza or, or even PJ Tucker, he's a solid backup option that you could probably get for like a second round pick. Um, I, I think that it makes a lot of sense as, as a plan B per se, he's someone that could play the four has played the four next to Embiid. He's someone that can play the five. Uh, I think he's a cheap option. Another name, that, that might be kind of like a, another plan B or plan C that I like in terms of stretch bigs would be Chicago's Luke Cornett, who's probably not a full-time backup center. I like Luke Cornett. I like where your head's at. Yeah, but but he's someone that I think could could give you maybe 10 minutes a game. He's someone that can only really play center. Uh, he just gets carved up defensively. But I, I think that would be another viable plan B or plan C option. i probably have Muscala one tier above Cornett. But that, that would be another example of a backup.
1: This is also a play-and-see option, but this is more of a personal thing because I love the guy, and I trade for him every time when I'm playing NBA 2K. Uh, Frank Kaminsky. Wait, I, I I don't know what it is. I've loved him since when he was with Wisconsin, and I've followed him through Charlotte and Phoenix and wherever the hell else he's been. I... I I believe in Frank the Tank. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm in the tank for Frank. It's it's something that I have to live
0: with. He was he was someone I remember. He signed with Sacramento early in the season, and then he was waived by them just because they have a lot of front court uh, talent, hence why Belisa is available. Um, I watched one Phoenix game this year, apart from when the Sixers played them, and Frank had like 15, eight, and eight. And he looked so good. He looks and good. <laughs> he, he's been really solid for them. He, you know, he, he's, he's a stretch five. I, defensively, he can kind of hold his own. You know, obviously, that, that's not what he's out there for. He's out there for shooting. He, he's a bit of a sieve on defense, but
1: that's not why he's out there.
0: Yeah. And, and I think that he, he's been serviceable, honestly, in, in Phoenix. So Phoenix, obviously, is putting together a really good season. Chris Paul has helped him out a lot. I don't think Phoenix is going to be a team that becomes a seller unless someone who isn't getting playing time on their team. Maybe like a Langston Galloway demands a trade for for more playing time. Yeah. Um,
1: Langston I, is I, on
0: this list, too. I'm just, I'm just pointing that out. <laughs> I, I still can't believe um, not, not to switch topics, but I still can't believe that they got Langston Galloway for a minimum deal. That was one of the biggest deals of the offseason.
1: Langston has been a future sixer for like five years now at this point can we just make this happen please god um last (laughs) the the last big idea that I had is more of an upgrade on the Mike Scott position and maybe he doesn't do too much now he's a little older in the tooth but Paul Millsap
0: over Mike, giving him give him the Mike Scott minutes I think that's a net positive right at this point in his career, Paul Millsap is definitely in the point where, where he's a role player. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Denver is, is, again, like Phoenix, where where they're trying to win. And Millsap has been really important to them just because Djokic is still, he's improved, uh, given, but he's still a defensive liability. So we, we saw um, not this season because Joel and Ben were out. But last season, whenever Joel faces off against the Denver Nuggets, it's Paul Millsap guarding him. It's not Jokic. Yeah, and he's been really important to them. And I'm not entirely sure what his salary is. I forget if he's on that thirty million dollar team option. That uh, the, no, they Millsap, up.
1: Millsap. is on the hook for ten mil this season.
0: I looked it up. <laughs> ten million. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, he's someone. He's someone that that fits the mold of what the Sixers need. He's probably a lot better defensively than, than the options that we've talked about outside of like PJ Tucker. Um, but, but I just can't see Denver becoming sellers at, at, at the trade deadline. I think they're going to do everything that they can um, to, to set themselves up for postseason success. Now, another guy on the nuggets that I would like, now, this is a different position, a different point of need would be someone like a Will Barton. I was uh, just going to,
1: you were steering me right down that highway <laughs> and I was thinking, all right, Denver has got to Denver has to do something about the minutes because Michael Porter Jr. has looked good. So somebody is expendable. It's either Millsap
0: or it's going to be Will Barton. It's one of those two. Yeah, and especially when you got Michael Porter Jr., you know, having a bigger and bigger role. Like Will Barnes already come out and he said, I don't want to be coming off the bench. I want to be starting. He's someone mm. that I think is the most under the radar trade target. Now, if Denver is transparent with him and they're like, listen, we're going forward with Michael Porter Jr. Uh, you're going to be coming off the bench. I think that he might demand a trade, um, especially because he which has a player option. His value, which is great for us. Oh, yeah. And he has a player option this summer. So he can realistically leave Denver for nothing. And if Denver fears that, they should definitely look to get something for him. He's someone that has become a decent three-level scorer. He's very good slashing to the rim. I believe he's shooting over 40% from three. Uh, very, very capable defender. He's someone that, that would be the perfect candidate for being a huge upgrade over Danny Green. He would give you the same amount of defense, maybe even better, and the shot creation that the Sixers need. Um, and I think that you could get him for something realistically cheap because, like I said, he's an impending free agent. Now, whether Denver is willing to deal one of their core guys, one of their key rotation guys, you know, I I think that is probably unlikely. I would be kind of surprised if that happens. But if he's available, he's someone that the Sixers should absolutely be calling about. He would really help them.
1: Will Barton, 41% uh, 41 from three on just about four attempts a game. So, yes, yes, all of that. Give me all of that. Uh, Let's – Stay in kind of like the backcourt wing. We already talked about Lanson Galloway. Um, another, like one of those Adio Royster special guys, quote unquote. I don't know if he's on the market. I don't know if he's being talked about. I don't care, but I'm bringing his name up. Chetty Osmond. Yeah. So those that, guys. That's, that's another a- one of those guys that I followed ever since he came into the league. I love me some Chetty Osmond. If he's get like. I would at least place the phone
0: call to Cleveland, just being like, hey, is Chetty available? No? All right, cool. Click and just move on. Oh, yeah, and I'm sure Daryl Morey going to be doing his due diligence with you know, all these players that we've talked about. They're all certainly worth a phone call. Now, Chetty is in such a weird place because he's, I believe he's like 26 or 28, somewhere in that age range. Um, Cleveland's starting to come into its own. They, they flirted with, playoff positioning um, and, and Cleveland loves him that they, they Cleveland they does him love him that's
1: what I always hear that about Chetty Osmond. Cleveland loves this kid. he's 25 he'll be 26 in April. Oh wow he's younger than I thought. So, so I always hear that Cleveland loves Chetty Osmond. if that's the case,
0: build something around him Jesus. I I think it's unfortunately unlikely that that they trade him just due to the whole Kevin Porter Jr. thing. Now, if he was still there, he put mm. together a really good rookie season. I think that becomes a bigger question um as they would increase his role. Obviously, that didn't happen. Uh would be a perfect fit for the Sixers. Uh, in terms of everything except defense, I think defensively he's right. a bit under average, but he's someone that he's a capable shooter. I wouldn't say he's a, he's a chucker, or an elite shooter, but he's a capable shooter. Uh, one of the best playmakers at his position, really. Um, he, he's a very talented assist man, uh, great rebounder. He's someone that's on a very nice contract. I believe he's making uh, six to eight million, somewhere in that range. It's so eight very- and then it, It's eight and then it scales downward. Oh, wow. So, so he, that's, a a a, real, that's a very team-friendly deal. Oh, yeah, that's a great contract for someone like him. So, you know, that, that's someone I definitely think, like you said, is worth a phone call. Um, I'm not sure if Cleveland is willing to move him, especially as they push and push closer to uh, a postseason uh, appearance.
1: Uh, a pair of Pelicans, Josh Hart, and then also J.J. Redick, who's also down there, at least I think he's still down there. Um, Josh Hart is going to be a restricted free agent next year. So I just I just don't know if that makes
0: sense for anybody. Yeah, you know, that, that's a double-edged sword because I think that the value on Josh Hart would probably be lower than what it would be otherwise just because uh, you're approaching a free agency where there's a lot of talented free agents. You got a lot of teams, a lot more than last season. That have cap space and money that they're willing to spend. So, how much does Josh Hart get um, in restricted free agency? I, I could see him making around, I think, twelve million, similar to like a Luke Kennard type of deal. Yeah, I think some, somewhere in that ballpark. Um, he's someone that I was actually watching uh, the other night. I was watching the the Celtics Pelicans game, and that he is just such a solid role player. He he's A decent enough shooter. I would even say he's a good shooter. Uh, Very underrated uh, rebounder. I believe he's averaging like six or seven rebounds per game, which I'm sure is one of the leaders for the shooting guard position. Uh, Very capable defender. He's someone I've always wanted in a Sixers uniform. Now, if you do trade for him, assuming that New Orleans is even willing to deal him in the first place. um, Now, if you do trade for him, you got to be willing to – potentially match a big contract offer especially if you're giving up assets for him right um but he's someone that that is basically a better danny green now i think danny is a slightly better shooter but you're getting better rebounding you're getting i think at this point better defense he's someone that would be really good um you would he would be a really good backcourt mate next to shake milton i think that would work well together
1: and then J.J. Redick, like, we know who he is, we know what he is, we don't really need to
0: talk about it all that much after that. If he's coming Wait, off the, the
1: bench, he's perfect.
0: Yeah, when, when the rumors surfaced that the Pelicans were listening to trade offers for, for him and Lonzo, who I think the Sixers should be interested in Lonzo. But Lonzo's it, another one, yeah. When, when looking at J.J. Redick, everyone's like, nah, we already have Seth Curry, who's having a better season. He's on the contract. Like, we don't really need J.J. And I agreed with it, but as time went on, we've seen the bench shooting just fall off a cliff, especially with Shake Milton Now They miss Shake so much. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that's an interesting option. I think for the right price, I think he can make sense. I, I wouldn't love trading Danny Green for, for someone like J.J. Redick because you're losing a lot of defense in that deal. Uh, but I, I just don't see realistically, I think that Brooklyn and the New York Knicks especially – uh, will drive up the bidding prices for services. The New York Knicks have the most draft picks if we're talking about uh, between the, the, the Knicks and the Nets. And also, apparently, the Celtics are interested and they got a lot of draft picks. So I think that the asking price is going to get driven up to the point where it's not really worth it. Uh, I would like the Sixers to to address a different area, even though a return, I think, would be kind of cool just because JJ and Joel worked together so well during his time in Philly. All right, these are the last two names that I'm going to bring
1: up, and these come from like the comment section that I was looking through. Um, one name for Stretch Big came out. I don't know if you're necessarily going to need to trade for him. You might be able to buy him out. Uh, Demarcus Cousins.
0: Yeah, I, am not, so...
1: I am not against this at all on the buyout market. I am not opposed to it at all. Um, even trading for Boogie, depending on what the price is, I, I'm not against it. I think he gives you more offensively than what Dwight Howard can give you offensively. He can, he may not be the best three point shooter, but he can still
0: stretch it a little bit. DeMarcus Cousins. At first, when, when I saw the report that um he was getting bought out, I was like, you know, that can make some uh, sense. Joel and him have, have always been friendly on the court together. You obviously can kind of shoot threes, but as I sit back and, and thought about it more, I was like, I don't love it because the Sixers just, they need someone that can just stretch the floor, someone that specializes in it. And while Boogie is certainly capable of doing so, I believe he's only shooting like 33% from three on the season. Now he's heated up. I believe he's shooting like 40% over the past nine games, but... Uh, but you just
1: want he just want somebody with a little bit more reliability and like a more proven track record of being that stretch big.
0: Yeah, I, I want That's someone to That's come in and, and be in that role. And and while there's been some flashes of the old boogie, he, he's really just a shell of his former self. Um, I believe he's shooting like 37% from the field. Um, I, I think he's really going to value, assuming that he's bought out, he's really going to value an opportunity in which he he gets a lot of minutes. Um, and, and he gets a lot of offensive opportunities. I think that he might end up in Brooklyn just because Brooklyn really needs a, a center. Um, and I, I would have
1: said, I would have said Boston too, but Boston is for like Boston loves the Tice Tristan Thompson combo, which fine. That, that's okay. If you love it, you'll, you'll get worked by Embiid in a fi- in a five game series. Notice how I said five, not seven, because if that's your center lineup going up against Joel in the playoffs, yeah. It's not lasting longer than five games, Boston. I'm sorry. It's just not
0: the the Celtics obviously have a very talented uh, wing duo in Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, but their front court um, outside, outside of the before mentioned guys is really 2000s esque. you got Tyce that can kind of shoot. Um, he can occasionally hit the three and obviously Tristan Thompson is is a non threat from the perimeter. So I definitely think they're going to upgrade. And DeMarcus could make some sense but 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 just going back to the DeMarcus thing as a whole who knows if he's going to get bought out apparently he was and now he was suiting up for last night and now he's out again so I'm not really sure what's going on with that situation he's someone I think realistically you could get DeMarcus Cousins for a second round pick I I definitely think they could do that now should they do that I I don't know uh, you, you I, I feel that. like if
1: they whiff on everybody else and they say, okay, you know what? We whiffed on everybody else. Hell, we're just going to give up a second-round pick, and let's just see what happens with Boogie. Like, if that's the case, fine. But if Boogie's their plan A, not a fan of it.
0: Yeah, and also, like, we got to realize, like, executives aren't dumb. They, they saw right. the report that, that Houston is going to buy them out. No, no team is going to give up an asset for a guy that they can just sign. And right. I believe it was it was Woj that reported it, that there's really not going to be many suitors for him uh, apart from I think the Lakers are the only confirmed team as of right now with interest um, th- you know there's not much competition with it so I, I, as of right now I think the idea of DeMarcus Cousins is a lot more attractive than the actual thing um, and I would be fine with it if it was like a plan B or C type of thing but even then I think you could get more value out of someone like Mike Muscala or Nemanja Belitza. Uh, DeMarcus to the Lakers actually kind of makes a little bit of sense,
1: especially if this Anthony Davis injury goes longer than has been reported. Um, last name from the comment section, then I'll close it with a uh, scary question. Rondo. Oh no, no. <laughs> no, none, none whatsoever. That was that was no, a short response. I... That's fine. <laughs>
0: I mean, I mean, obviously, like his shooting is picked up later in his career, but I, I really think you need someone like a George Shill or even Delon Wright. Um, someone that can just come in and is capable of hitting a three off the catch or off the dribble. I think that's a necessity and you're just not going to get that in Rondo. And I would not I would not love a bench lineup with Rondo, Perkin Korgmas, who has been very abysmal from three. Matisse, obviously, who isn't a great three-point shooter. Mike Scott, who isn't a good three-point shooter anymore. And Dwight Howard, who's a non-shooter. Um, can, it, can, it you imagine, can you
1: imagine Rondo, Howard, and Simmons all on the floor together? Oh, Actually, man, no, that, don't, no, 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 no. Don't imagine that. that. Don't imagine that. Don't imagine that. Forget I even said it. <laughs> um, with the trade deadline a month away, and we'll close with this, What's the one trade that another team could make that would actually that would absolutely scare the bejesus out of you? Because I have mine. <laughs> Ooh, that's tough. You're catching me off guard with this question. Um... Okay, I'll, I'll I'll hit you with mine first, and you might actually agree with it. All right, let's hear it. Nick Vucevic to the Celtics. That would scare the absolute crap out of me. Vuce with Jalen Brown that... and Jason Tatum. That
0: is effing terrifying. That is a really good one. I don't know if I'll be able to top that. Um, that would be really terrifying just because Vucevic has really torched the Sixers. Every um, in, damn time. In, oh, in recent memory. Yeah. Um, he's really underrated. I think though, I, I saw a report today. I forget where it was. I think it was like the athletic or, or the ringer or something um, in which the magic have shown no willingness to this point to trade Vucevic. So really? hopefully that. Hopefully that doesn't happen. Yeah. Uh, he, he's a big, uh, I believe I read he was a big, uh, Steve Clifford guy. Um, he's the only one that is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and obviously like he he's developed into such a great player. Uh, it's unfortunate to, to see him kind of wasting away on, on a mediocre team that really isn't going anywhere, but that is a really terrifying thought. <laughs> I, I feel like I was thinking more so in the mindset of, uh, like Zach Levine to some Eastern team or, or maybe Victor Oladipo to Miami, but definitely oh think, I definitely, think, no. I definitely no. think yours is much more no. scary.
1: No, I cannot have Victor Oladipo and Jimmy Butler in Miami. Just no, hell no. <laughs> All right. We we, we got to stop right there before we, before we just like mentally check out of like playoffs. Cause we're, we're definitely going and F it. I still feel really good. Even after that loss to Toronto, I still feel really good. A, a, a tweak here or there like some guys get more healthy get back in the swing of things like shake gets back to his form uh furcon comes back a little bit uh mike scott if he could be consistent for like more than a night in a row that would be nice i i think we're still in pretty good shape
0: yeah i i just hope that they can get a good stretch big a, a capable playmaker just patch up their holes in their bench because the starting unit has shown that they're very uh, capable. I believe they're third overall in net rating right now in the entire league. So I, I think you just see what you got. Give up limited trade assets for for guys that will help you this season, and you can hopefully re-sign um, into future seasons or, or keep under contract into future seasons. And I think you just wait and position yourselves as best as you can for the eventual Zach Levine trade or the Bradley Beal or whoever – the next stars that becomes available. You know, you want to give yourself the, the best odds to, to land those guys.
1: If you have trade ideas for Harrison, uh, Harrison, why don't you tell the people where they can forward their trade uh, machine ideas? Like you go directly to Harrison. Right to him. Oh
0: yeah. Please please bring him to me. I always uh, <laughs> <to> trade stuff. <laughs> but uh, you, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Harrison underscore Grim with two M's uh you can see all my work of course at uh the great site liberty ballers uh yeah
1: harrison Grimm, sixers trade deadline guru appreciate you coming on and uh enjoy the rest of the week buddy for sure man thanks for having me on take care talk to you soon man.